How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it in front of the line. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All right, so I feel like the Kings have played a lot of hockey since we last recorded somehow. They had played like two games um, since coming back from the All-Star break the last time we recorded, and now they've played, what, one, two, three, four, five of them? (laughs) A lot of stuff going on. It's been difficult for us being West Coasters to keep up with like 4 p.m. games, but despite that, how are you feeling about the Kings right now, Diane? I mean, okay, everything is still fine. I feel like winter has, like, our dreaded winter that we were afraid about would ha- that would happen in December, January is happening now. Um, Fair. Not that they're falling apart by any means, but they're just, you know, losing a little bit more than they had been in the past. So, but otherwise, they're fine. Yeah, it's like a strange little bit of a rough patch there. Four, six, and zero in their last 10 games. Um, they're still, for now, first in the Pacific, um, fourth in the West, and seventh in the league. So there has been a little bit of shifting around overall. But And um, the Sharks and the Ducks have been lighting it up a lot more recently. The Ducks especially, they went from, of course, being last in the Pacific at one point to now, I think, three points away from the Kings in the standings. So they got to be careful. But for overall, like you said, they're still they're still an okay spot. It's not like panic time or no, anything. by any means. There's, I mean, we'll talk about it later with, like, Gabrick's injury and stuff like that. But for right now, you know, they're doing okay. The road trip could have been better. But, um, yeah, they're they're still in a good spot. Yeah, and if they win their next two games, they go four and three on the seven-game road trip overall, which is still, like, it's not amazing, obviously, but still decent. Um, And that's what I am hoping that they will do. Right now, they're two and three. They had an amazing win against Boston, where they won 9-2, and practically everybody got a point. Um, And then they lost to the Islanders, and won against the New York Rangers, and um, lost against New Jersey in a pretty close game. And they actually, I also thought, played really well against the Capitals, but still managed to lose 3-1, um, and one of those goals was an empty netter. So it's like, I think that's the other thing about it, is it's not even like they've just started playing badly. Like you mentioned, there have been like an injury happened, a couple injuries actually happened, and um, Jonathan Quick is back now, so that's one and done. Um, but yeah, like a lot of weird stuff happening so far over this road trip, and I just want them to get as many points as they can. Yeah, like every game had something that was strange. Um, <laughs> like right off the bat, scoring nine goals against Boston. No idea that yeah, that was going to happen or that they could do that. Um, and then immediately lost... 5-2 to the Islanders, so it was a give-take there. Right, yeah. It's like, oh, they score a bunch of goals. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's kind of a disaster. That Islanders game, I think in particular, was the one where it's like, mm, okay, guys. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but let's pull it back in, get it together. Um, but then the Rangers game ended up being wonderful. I mean, it was a win in overtime, but Andre Kopitar did get a hat-trick. Um, the final two goals being, like, to tie up the game. Uh, the last one with less than 30 seconds left in the third period. So, it was 
awesome. And, okay, so at the end of the Boston game, like, literally with, like, 15 seconds left, Jonathan Quick gets run into and seemed to be having trouble. Since there was only 15 seconds left, he finished that game, but then he didn't play against the Rangers. They had Peter Rudai um, called up as an emergency backup, um, and Enroth played, and... He didn't have the greatest game. <laughs> so back and forth, a lot of goals against. Still, by the grace of Kopitar, um, having an amazing game, the Kings got to overtime. And then Tanner Pearson also finally broke his goalless streak um, and got another one. So that was also Yeah, in the best way possible. There, that's always an amazing goal is winning in overtime. And Tanner Pearson did it. And I liked how happy everyone was for everyone's like cool milestones. Um, during that yeah. game, just because uh, for Andre Kopitar's third goal, you could just see like Jeff Carter's like toothless smiling face coming towards him, like Dustin Brown's yeah. like toothless smiling face coming towards him, and it was just like very jolly and lovely, <laughs> um, and obviously very <laughs> with a lot of you know, lots teeth. of <laughs> big smiles, lots of big smiles, not a lot of teeth showing. Um, yeah, but it was it was nice too because I want Kopitar to continue like, racking up goals and points. Oh, my goodness. So that definitely helped. And and then Tanner Pearson, because, you know, he's been scratched or he's just been having troubles, and he, obviously he's been in Sutter's doghouse for a little bit, um, for him to get, like, that overtime goal was fantastic. And then to fully just, like, joyously celebrating it was also wonderful. I love any time Tyler Toffoli has the opportunity to, like, throw himself against somebody <laughs> joyfully. So happy both that Tanner Pearson scored a goal again and happy that I got to witness Tyler Toffoli's reaction to it because those are always so yes. nice. It was an excellent game uh, in that regard. Yeah, so um, speaking of racking up points for Kopitar, he has now broken 50 points for the season. He has 51 points. Um, he's still the Kings points leader. Toffoli is behind him with 42 points. That's dope, and they need to keep that up. That's pretty awesome. So someone that I want to, like, point out, because it, I didn't really notice it until tonight when he got another point on Kopitar's shorthanded goal, <laughs> speaking of Kopitar continuing to do fun things, is um, Dustin Brown has nine points in his last ten games. Just, you know, quiet as it's kept. <laughs> Dustin <laughs> Brown, Loki doing work. Um, yeah, on the flip side, uh, Jeff Carter hasn't been doing as much. I suppose, hasn't been really scoring goals. Like, he scored a goal during that Boston game. A a weird goal. Yeah, a really (laughs) strange goal in that Boston game. Um, I mean, he's been getting points and he's been getting assists here and there, but um, he hasn't been scoring too many goals. Um, I've seen people say that, you know, his, like, his role has changed a little. You know, he's just, like, passing a little bit more. But that was just, you know, I'm used to Jeff Carter lighting it up all the time, so it was strange to see that he hasn't. Um... I'm excited because there's a Nashville game coming up this Saturday, I believe. And he's had two hat tricks against the Predators and always seems to score a goal. Like in that game where they, Jeff Carter scored a goal, like, oh, the one that they tied it like seven seconds uh, yeah. to go or whatever. That was Jeff Carter. And I'm like, yeah, maybe this will be his time to shine. Because if he doesn't score in the Nashville game, then I might get worried. Just a little. <laughs> Well, I mean, we have to remember, I think it was last season, right, that he went, like, 14 games at one point without scoring a goal, and then he scored against, like, the Blues or somebody and was, like, so stoked <laughs> and relieved. Um, so I imagine there 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 could be a little bit of frustration there because even that goal that he got against Boston was a weird goal that was, like, supposed to be a pass to Toffoli, but 
Kevin Miller or somebody accidentally hit uh, Carter's stick at the same time. It just ended up being a goal. One thing I, nobody has said it, so I don't want to act like this is a real thing. But one thing that I would worry about um, when I, if I were to be panicky about it is like he did have the suspected wrist problem earlier this season. And I hope that like any of him um, not scoring or possibly not shooting more. I haven't looked at the numbers. So I don't even know if he's shooting less for sure. But um, if he is shooting less, whatever, if some of that has something to do with it. I, I have I seen like one, you know, just like random person mention it, not any sort of like insider or anything like that. So I too, am hoping that that's not uh, an actual thing. <laughs> Not that we would ever know or that anyone would ever tell us. It'd be like an upper body injury or I don't know how long his arms are. Maybe if it's a wrist and his arms hang low, then it's a lower body. Like who, who really knows? (laughs) We're never going to find out. Yeah, because I don't think they even confirmed that it was the wrist last time. People had just seen what had happened on that first shift before he left the game. So I hope it's not anything like that because that is too bad. Also, Tyler DeFoley hasn't scored as much in the last few games, like one goal in his last 12 games or something like that. So if both of those guys could get going again, it would be real nice. Yeah, but I mean, it's been nice because depth players have been, you know, this is this was their time to shine and, you know, score some goals. So that's fine by me. Yeah, like Andreoff had a goal against Boston. That's nice. <laughs> nice Ridiculous. for him. I mean, he was then like terrible in a game after that, but still. He scored a he goal, He did have a yeah. moment. You gotta give them props where they're due, I guess. The Kings, however, have seen some change already on defense. Christian Erhoff, much to my sadness, was waived, and nobody picked him up, much to my happiness, and he was sent down to Ontario to play with the Rain, and the Kings called up Kevin Gravel for his NHL debut. So actually, that's a slight positive slash exciting thing, is a dude got a chance. So that, that little bit of a switch. I... When I saw that Erhoff was, you know, put on waivers, I was like, well, that sounds about right. Um, It was kind of about time that something happened. Either they played him more or they just, you know, sent him down. I haven't noticed Gravel too much. I haven't really been making a point to notice him either. So I don't know if that's like a good or a bad thing or if he's just like kind of getting getting his bearings. What I do like about Gravel so far is that he doesn't seem very hesitant um, he makes decisions. There was some debate today about actually on the goal against that the Kings had from the, the Capitals, the first one, I think it was the first one, his decision, or no, maybe it was the second one, the Kuznetsov goal. I can't remember now. Anyway, one of the goals. Um, Gravel made a decision to support Jonathan Quick. It was a Kuznetsov goal. And people were like, should he have done that or should he have stayed on Kuznetsov? So there, there's a little bit like that, like a moments where you can tell he's still trying to adjust to how fast the NHL game is and what the right play is. But overall, I like that he will make a decision and commit to it and then try, you know, his best. And there have been moments where I really liked him. And, but at the same time, I also like watching guys try to adjust to the NHL level. So I hope he, he does well. But uh, yeah, still pretty fresh. Um, getting his shot on the road. Hopefully he like picks up a point or something somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, not too bad. Um, Nothing too glaring at all. It's kind of a crazy, not a crazy way, I guess, but an interesting way to start when you're on the road. Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like that's sort of a trial by fire type thing. 
Um, and then once you're like home and everyone's a little bit more comfortable, it might be a little easier for everyone. Having Jonathan Quick come out for a couple of games is um, a crazy way to get it get thrown in too, because it's also like yes, you have a lot of the guys on defense who've played together and who can help him settle in or whatever, but you don't have the usual person backing you up slash bailing the kings out so it's like a little bit of an unknown variable on top of the other unknowns that actually have to do with his position um but i think he's he's been okay so far yeah he's been fine i i have high hopes for him um and he'd been having a really strong season for the rain so it was nice that he got that he's getting a shot he's even seen like some time on the special team so that's pretty cool for him as well daryl sutter seems to be really giving him a shot at sort of flexing what he's got in all areas and um I always like that a because I mean it's I guess it's a little different with defensemen for Daryl Slutter he he does tend to give them a little bit more opportunity the young defensemen rather than forwards which sometimes you know you have those periods where we're like but could you play Tyler Toffoli more than what nine minutes a night <laughs> come on man I don't know I mean he benched Alec Martinez for quite that is a while true before as well. <laughs> he like, I feel like he set up shop in that house, <laughs> like, built a fence, you know, found his favorite tree, the whole deal. Uh, he spent a lot of time not playing while we're all yelling, just play him already. <laughs> just give him a chance. But it's obvi- it's not as terrible as maybe some of the forwards. Yeah. I feel like also the difference is, like, when McNabb first had all of that time that he got when he was playing with the Kings regularly, and now this season, um, is that there's a little more instability i guess in the king's decor when alec martinez was around they had already had or you know they pretty much found guys that they wanted to be in those spots and so um especially after the cup run um but then even then once martinez if i remember correctly like once he got into the lineup during like the 2012 playoffs he stayed in it but you know it just takes a couple guys a little longer to break in but since then it seems like these um whether it's through circumstances or not seem to get a pretty decent shot from from Daryl Sutter. Um, can I just side note when we mentioned Braden McNabb? So I only caught the end of the New York Rangers game. So basically, like Kobe's last goal, well, a little bit before then, and then uh, them winning in overtime. And so after they won, there was a shot there. You know, there's shots to the audience. They found like a bunch of Kings fans, or what I assumed were just like a bunch of Kings fans. Yeah, you know, cheering like people who had like invaded the garden. I was like, oh, awesome, cool. Like they got some you know, two rows of seats with each other. And then I saw a guy with, like, a, a Braden McNabb jersey. And I was like, oh, really? Braden McNabb, you're his biggest fan? And then I recognized Alec Martinez's dad, so I'm like, oh, got it. Okay. Didn't realize that it was, like, the dad's trip. <laughs> you just thought it was- I was like, who is this random group of, like, Kings fans? Awesome. But why is this guy in a Braden McNabb jersey? <laughs> but to be fair, when I went to go see the stadium series, there was also a whole family in Braden McNabb jerseys. So, you know. People love Braden, okay? People love people love to ask him to prom, <laughs> as we saw in game once. Just people thinking he was real cute. Oh man! Although I guess on the East Coast it might be a little more. I don't know. It's still weird with the Kings jersey. But what if there are just like people who were Sabres fans who like for whatever reason were all about McNabb when he was new there, and are now like, well, he's a Kings player, so I'm supporting him. It could be. But you would think that they'd be wearing, like, a Sabres now. That's, that's true. Jersey. Yeah, that's what I was unless, like, the Kings Unless they, like, were really behind him. Because <laughs> yeah. I am I am not above getting, like, a Williams Capitals, like, jersey or something like that. 
Just because, which we have to talk about him as well. Okay, so quick, right before we get to that, I just want to say, of course, the other thing that happened in the Rangers game is that Marion Gabrick um, got involved in a knee-on-knee collision with Dominic Moore. It wasn't, like, malicious or anything. It was just sort of an unfortunate play that happened. Gabrick, according to Daryl Sutter, he says he's out long-term for sure. I thought that emphasis was kind of funny, but (laughs) for sure he's out long-term. Um, but I think even when people saw it and the way that Gabrick wasn't putting any weight on his knee and knowing that his like unlucky injury history, <laughs> nobody's really surprised that he's going to be out long term. But it is unfortunate because, you know, nobody wants to see Marion Gabrick go down. Right, right. So um, he's going to be out for a while. The Kings are still, you know, doing fine. I mean, not that they've won any games since he's been <laughs> injured, but, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, and uh, hopefully he'll be back in time uh, for the playoffs. Yeah, they're hoping he can come back for the playoffs, and I hope that too, and that he, he gets better for the Kings' sake, but also his own. Like, that dude, he's been out enough in his career with injuries, um, if that could stop happening to him. Although he... he has had a decent run with the Kings up until now, for the most part. I'm just imagining some, like, real upset Rangers fan. Just, you know, still upset after all these years. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of, like, terrible oh, curse. Man. Poor, poor Gabrick. Yeah. Like, it had to be, I mean, it had to be this game. Yeah, and then it was, like, like really? his birthday or something the day after. I... Like, he scored a goal earlier, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? He just couldn't, couldn't catch a break this week. Ruin is fun. So, yeah, wishing the best for him. Um, but the Kings rolling right along. Like you said, they haven't won since then. But I thought they played well in both the <laughs> New Jersey game and the game against the Washington Capitals. Of course, the Washington Capitals game brought a couple of storylines relevant probably less to the Caps and the Caps fans, um, relevant to the Kings, and that the Kings would face Mike Richards and Justin Williams again for the first time. Did you read any of the press and stuff leading up to that game? I didn't, because I felt like I would be like too involved like narrative feelings-wise. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I'll just wait until the game's over. Fair. Um, well, I read some of it. The stuff with Mike Richards was has been really fascinating to me in that every time he's talked about it, he specifically says he doesn't have anything to say about Dean Lombardi. And is you know, one of the quotes here was like, he, you know, essentially he was my boss. Do you talk to your old bosses? Probably not. <laughs> um, which fair. Um, but also that every time he's spoken about his contract being terminated, he's also um, assumed some responsibility. And like, he, you know, he was like, I take the blame for way, the way that that ended. Which I find really interesting because we still don't actually know the details of what happened there. People have made a lot of assumptions about what the breach of contract was, but there's never been any confirmation on anybody's part. So I, I just find it interesting, like the little, I don't know, like I don't, I just find it fascinating the way that he talks about it. This is going to be the weirdest trickle truth of like reveal if we ever get to know like the bottom, like get to the bottom of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be a, someone needs some sort of, um, like bulletin board, uh, with the faces of the face of Mike Richards in the middle and then some red string and push pin, (laughs) um, just to like, yeah, connect everything together. (laughs) Uh, because we're just getting every, we're getting details little by little and from different outlets, like from different people. You know, Daryl Sutter will say something, Dean Lombardi will say something, Mike Richards will say something, someone else will, like, mention, like, a little, you know, a little side note. Um, 
you know, someone will like put a comment on someone's Instagram or whatever, like <laughs> kind of just like very little details that may be significant or may not be significant at all. Um, just keep coming out with this and it's, it's not going to go away. I don't anytime soon, really. Yeah. So that'll be, you know, if we ever find out what really went down, that'll be an interesting, an interesting read. I really want to know all of the details. <laughs> I'm so curious. I want to know literally everything. I am so curious as to what's happening. Speaking of Daryl Sutter, though, and like him saying something, Lombardi saying something, I thought an interesting comment from Sutter when he was talking about it was he basically said, um, I, I got to pull it up because I don't want to I don't want to butcher what he said. Is it is it the one where he was just like, I've always been on his like side or whatever? Yes, that. Yeah, that's what I saw that. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, what do we obviously there was some like difference there in t- what like people were talking about. Here it is. So Sutter um, said to I believe this was an interview that Josh Cooper did. I think I'm on record with all that. I think I've said that from day one. I wasn't one of the people throwing Mike Richards under the bus. I wanted what's best for Mike Richards, and I still do. Clear is not even a question. So much sass from Daryl Sutter. But also, I don't don't want to say it's quite shade, but it's definitely like, for me, immediately all I think is what he's saying is, please don't lump me together with that shitty op-ed, sort of op-ed thing. That Dean Lombardi did, where he basically sent a letter of his feelings to the LA Times. Yeah, and it, and it's one of those things where a lot of people were very hesitant to say like who was. I mean, everyone has their opinions, but I mean, at least we don't have all the facts. So being like, oh, that person's definitely in the right. This person's definitely in the wrong. For Daryl Sutter to straight up being like, oh, he was thrown under the bus, and I'm not a part of that. You know, like he's obviously taking his side on that and. I think he said in some other interview with uh, John Rosen just being like, oh, he can play for me any day. Like, he is a big reason why the Kings won, and I would be more than happy to, you know, play with him again. Like, that, like always. So, obviously, we know where Daryl Sutter stands on this one. Yeah, which, you know, cool for him, but I also just want to say that it would be not a great decision to have Mike Richards play for this team again. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah no 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 no. i think he just means like in the general terms of me daryl sutter coach mike richards player i would make that happen again but not (laughs) i'm glad that he i i like it in the sense that it's like it's cool in the like supervisor you know employee type of way that it's it was great to work with mike richards but let's be real (laughs) he doesn't need to be on the kings again Come on. I also, I saw some people because, um, just quick sidebar, Rob Scuderi got put on waivers by uh, Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I saw some Kings fans being like, if only they could afford him. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? He is terrible. Now, love you, Rob Scuderi. Really appreciate all the cool moments (laughs) that you supplied for the Kings, but come on, guys. Let's be real. Let's stop trying to get old defensemen back. Like, I'm not, you know, pulling for Robin Regeer to come out of retirement so everyone can just, like, settle down. Um, Also, can I just say that as you were just, like, freaking out over Rob Scuderi, like, people wanting Scuderi to come back, what I assume you were saying, uh, the phone was cutting in and out, so it sounded like you were just being censored. (laughs) Like, your opinions were real strong about not wanting... (laughs) Uh, him to come back. I have to that my, my phone thought. censored you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, amazing. Yes, I feel qu- that strongly. Um, no, I, I like Rob Scuderi, the dude. He seems fine. But Rob Scuderi, the player, not necessary on the Los Angeles Kings. The Kings really don't need, I mean, I guess they kind of need a stay-at-home defenseman. I don't think um, so. I think what they But not really. Yeah, I think what the Kings need is and what I think a lot of people sort of mean when they are talking about stay-at-home defensemen is like they want a guy who even though he doesn't produce a lot of offense is really great at suppressing shots um and is really strong in his own zone. Let's be honest, Rob Scuderi is not that person anymore. So I would be fine if, like, the Kings somehow found another defenseman who's pretty good at suppressing shots, but I don't need it to be a stay-at-home guy. In fact, I hope he can produce points and also suppress shots. Yeah, like, there's really no need to have, like, a one-hit wonder, you know, kind of thing. Exactly. Oh, so, okay, we talked about Mike Richards. The thing that made me personally super emotional is all of the quotes with Justin Williams, who I love and miss Every day, (laughs) his soft curls, his soft, gentle voice, his positivity. Miss you, Justin Williams. Um, Super great. So he uh, talked with John Rosen and actually a a bunch of people. But anyway, anyway, he first talked about um, how he had taken a trip with or the trip to Slovenia to hang out with Kopitar one of the off-seasons, which, you know, he was part of Kopi's golf tournament or whatever, and he talks a little bit about how they did a bunch of other stuff that, like, even though Kopitar is from Slovenia, he had never done before because he had grown up there, and it's one of those things you just don't think about it. Um, it was super I, sweet. <laughs> I love that. That's, like, the the own, like, New Yorkers being like, no, I've never been to the top of the Empire State Building. Like, why would I ever do that? Yeah. Until your friends come, and then you do all the tours. Yeah, stuff. then he did it with Justin Williams. I love it. Um, There was an interview, I don't know if it was from this season or last season, where somebody asked Andre Kopitar whose best friend in the NHL was, and he said Justin Williams. And so the fact that there were pieces posted about their friendship made me very happy. Also because I just like when people say nice things about Andre Kopitar. That's true. (laughs) I loved Justin Williams talking about, or Justin Williams talking about friendship. Yeah. Just like a lot. The entire time, oh. just like, I miss everyone. I love everyone. Yeah. I'm having dinner with Kopi tonight. Like, I all know. of that was so great. My emotions. Okay, so here is um, the specific quote that really got me was uh, Justin Williams talking about being close to Kopitar. It says, quote, throughout your years, you slowly gravitate towards somebody. It was just how you make any friends. You share common interests and the type of person they are. Those are the type of people you want to hang out with. Obviously, Cope and I are really close. He was upset, as I was, when I left, but we obviously keep in touch a lot, and I'll see him for dinner tonight. It's just the nature of the way it is. I would have liked to finish my career there, meaning LA, but I didn't, and so that's it. So many things. A, I love how close he is to Andre Kopitar. B, I love him just, like, starting it off kind of by talking about gravitating towards people. They gravitated towards each other. I don't know. It's just very sweet. And I like the mention of the dinner. Um, I like him talking about how upset they were (laughs) when he did not sign. And I also like him, of course, saying that he wanted to finish his career in L.A. because I like it when people like Los Angeles. I like that he wanted to stay. I wish he could have stayed. I'm sad that he is gone. Yes, I did like that part about wishing that he could have retired here or, you know, stayed here. Um, I loved his philosophical like beginning yeah. about like 
about friendship. Throughout and- your years, you just gravitate <laughs> towards people. That feels like the intro to some sort of book or <laughs> like a Nicholas Sparks movie, you know? True, yeah. Oh, fair. I mean, I'd watch a Nicholas Sparks movie about gravitating towards Andre Kopitar and falling in love with him. It's actually true yeah, about would- me as a Kings fan. So. <laughs> That's true. That that would be your your personal story. <laughs> yeah. Live on screen. All actually all of us in Los Angeles gravitating towards Andre Kopitar. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see any of the post-game stuff just talking about how, like, even after the game versus the Capitals, a bunch of the Kings players went over to talk to Justin Williams, like, in the hallway, I guess, outside of the locker room? Uh, yeah, I did, because it was amazing, and I love that he had his own little, like, visiting line. True. Which was lovely. Yeah. And I, I always like when people move on to different teams and everyone's still friends. Yeah, me too. I find that lovely. I find friendship wonderful. (laughs) Like, I love when people are friends. I love when even when they move away, they still stay friends. It's great. Like, that's what I always loved about Willie Mitchell and his whole thing, too. Yeah, same. Um, Like, coming and, like, having dinner with everyone or people going over there and having dinner with him and, you know, everyone just still being very happy with one another. I love it. And I think that's always sort of... Like, for me, especially with players that I like, like, I don't really think about it with some players, but for a player like Willie Mitchell or a player like Williams, if I really like them, it kind of a little bit becomes that, like, moment of truth when they have to, as players not on the Kings, talk about Los Angeles. And I'm like, just please say you loved it. Please tell me something good. Yeah, when L.A. did the whole tribute thing to Willie Mitchell and he was kind of tearing up, amazing. I love that yeah, shit. I'm a huge sap. I need it. I know. I'm a huge sap. I think we talked about how much I cried uh, when watching movies. So, yeah. yeah. Love all of it. Give me all the reasons to just, like, have tears all over my face yeah. out of happiness. As the, as the Coldplay song <laughs> right, says. <yeah. laughs> tears stream. So, yeah. Lots of emotions about Justin Williams. Um, the Kings and Capitals, of course, play one more time. So there will probably be more cause for emotions because I'm sure the Kings will do some sort of tribute to him as well. Trade things, really briefly, because the Kings, of course, made the Shen LeCavalier move, but some people still think they could make another move before the trade deadline. There were rumors. Actually, here's the thing. I don't even know if there were real rumors. There was Pierre Lebrun at one point saying that Dustin Bufflin could be a fit on the Kings, and then... Dustin Bufflin was re-signed, and for some reason right after that, it suddenly became, oh, the Kings were totally all in on Dustin Bufflin. And it was like, at what point did it go from LeBron's personal speculation about a good match to something that apparently was ever on the table? I don't think it really was, personally. I think it was when some editor was like, you should write it this way, and then that's what happened. Yeah. It's like, kind of it. I don't think it was actually a thing. Yeah, me either. Anyway, after that, Darren Dreger said, post-Bufflin, the LA Kings are looking at Dan Hamuse of the Vancouver Canucks, potentially Chris Russell of the Calgary Flames. Here's my thought. Dan Hamuse, okay, maybe. Chris Russell, no thank you. Stay away. (laughs) I was going to say, to be fair, I don't know much about Chris Russell, I don't know what he looks like because in my head, I just think that he's Carrie Russell. Oh, no. Circa the short hair Felicity years. That's funny because for me, I think of Kurt Russell. (laughs) So who knows what Chris Russell looks like. This this is why everyone listens to our podcast, right? Hot takes on who Chris Russell actually looks like. Carrie Russell or Kurt Russell? (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, I need to look up what he actually looks like. I like wrote that down as a note that I wanted to say, and I'm like, I should look him up. Right, right. <laughs> Who are you? He looks like nothing. He looks nothing like any of them. Oh man. Uh, he has a twin brother. What? Named Ra- named Ryan plays in the EIHL in the UK for the Cardiff Devils. Um, also, what else about Chris Russell? Hmm. Well, all I know is he's just not that good, <laughs> and the Kings don't need him. Um, I would much rather, if those are my two options, take Dan Hamuse. First, because he's a better player, but also because what I enjoy about Dan Hamuse is that he always looks on the verge of sobbing. And I feel like that would be really entertaining in terms of memes and things. And really, it's about how much humor I can get out of something. So this is a this is a selfish thing. This <laughs> yeah. is like, how many gifts could I make of this, and and what kind of text could I superimpose over his weeping face? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'll be real, like I haven't thought that much about Dan Hamuse, um, but I did last summer watch the world championships and thought about him a lot more because every time I saw a picture of his face, I was like, he looks absolutely devastated. I don't know what just happened to him. (laughs) And I wonder if the the Kings could get a good deal on him just because I feel like at this point, the Vancouver Canucks have got to be doing some sort of like rebuild, right? Like they got to be getting rid of everyone anyway. You would hope so. (laughs) They're just going to keep the Sedins and then go from there. Um. So yeah, maybe that would work out in the King's favor. Yeah, so that's one to watch. I haven't really heard anything more about it since it being just sort of tossed out there, but um, I guess the Kings are still sort of looking for something on defense, and now you have to wonder with Marion Gabrick out, if it seems like he's not going to come back in time, whether or not they're going to be looking for offense, too. Um, also, can I just say that a lot of the big trades that have happened recently or I guess all of this season, I feel like have been sudden, like a slight whisper a few hours before and then it happens, where usually you like can see things happening or like, you know, so-and-so are in talks and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then eventually it happens. You're like, oh, that sounds about right. And you just finally get the like details of what's going on. But all of this seems pretty just like, oh, by the way, this person's right, traded yeah. now. And now this person's gone. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that sort of had any lead up to it was maybe the Johansson trade. And even that, like when the trade came down, it was entirely shocking to me who they had traded him for. Yeah, me too. I think it was shocking for a lot of people. (laughs) So that is wild. I don't know. I mean, the deadline's coming up soon, so we'll probably see at least a couple of people moved. And I'm curious to see if the Kings... Uh, find a way to make a trade or if they stand pat because i i mean it's i don't really know what they have to offer people (laughs) right now um so it'll be interesting um speaking of wild more wild or less wild news i guess is (laughs) that mike yo is is gone finally (laughs) pun (laughs) (laughs) i was like to the what like more less i don't know um yeah so mike yo axed middle of the season uh the wilds have not been doing well no to say the very least not at all uh they've gone they had gone 3 12 and 4 before he had gotten fired so at one ga- at one point what was the like the longest streak of losses something like i want to say 9 7 things? 8 yeah some, something unreasonable yeah something super unfortunate um and it's one of those things where like it could 
totally just be bad luck. Maybe. I don't know. I don't watch the wild closely enough to know that for sure. But it's not outside the realm of possibility that in a lot of those games they played fine and just happened to lose. But after a certain amount of time, it's like people want changes made. And unfortunately, Mike Yo is a change that gets made, especially because they've had like uh, a little been unlucky in the playoffs, even though they've made the playoffs. Um, so people are just like, time to get some fresh thoughts and approaches in here. Yep. So in the meantime, John Torchetti is the one. Torchetti, Torchetti. Sure. Either one. Sure. <laughs> um, is uh, the interim coach, and the Wild have won. <laughs> so what that means, who knows? But at least the Wild then immediately lose once Yo is yeah. fired. I'm curious to see what happens with them because, I'll be honest, like, I have mostly imagined them as a kind of boring team. And so I'm curious to see if a new coach over the long term can make them more exciting or what the change is at all there, what the difference is in approach. Um, Because I would like for them to be exciting. I would also like them to find a coach who is good enough to help them finally beat the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> is really what I want. Um, so so maybe that could happen. That's true. That's fair enough. They are kind of boring, though, except I have a lot of friends who are originally from Minnesota. I don't know why. It just happens to be the case. So they're all fans of them. And so for their sake, I would like them to be more exciting. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, there are a number of players on the wild that I really like. I just think their style oh, yeah. is is strangely boring. <laughs> I don't... And it shouldn't be. They have some really interesting dudes. They have Zach Prise. They have Charlie Coyle. They have, you know, shorter, faster guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, like, you know... Uh, what is his name? Jared Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Small Jared Spurgeon. Fun. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they they have interesting people, and so I'm always surprised by how not interesting their games are, too. <laughs> I am never super amped on watching them. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. And I don't know what they need to be more interesting yeah. or better. Possibly not to be wearing forest green, also. <laughs> um, but that's just me. But, I mean, you know, work on the, the playing first and then deal with the uniforms later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the vanity stuff, you can do that some other time. Oh, man. All right. So, um, okay. I love, I feel like right now there is a nice, just a decent amount of drama stirring up, and maybe it'll continue heading into the trade deadline. But something that has also been around and sort of brewing is recently, um, how do you, I don't know, it's French, La Presse? <laughs> I don't know if sure, any sort yeah. of accent thing on that. No, La anyway, Presse, I think. Um <laughs> reported that Carey Price is going to be out for the season with an MCL injury, and it was then also alleged that the Canadians are covering up the fact that he's definitely going to be out for the rest of the season for PR reasons. Um, scandal. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of gr- great that the Canadians are trying to do that, but this other, you know, publication's like, oh, by the way, he's going to be gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, by the way, this is his exact injury. Yeah. Um, so it's like a good attempt, I guess. It's strange, though, because then Michelle Therrien and you know, like they, they actually all basically then the Canadians said that, oh, that's entirely speculation, which like obviously <laughs> it's speculation, yeah. right? Like they can't confirm it. It's just a report that they're making. Sources told them things, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I find it interesting that they commented on it at all. Um, because if it was just like total rumor, why not just ignore it? Um, 
who yeah. would have paid attention to a couple of tweets and one report. But they did respond to it, so I'm like, is he out for the season? They still haven't actually really said what is up with Carey Price. They just talked about how he keeps rehabbing. There's been video of him skating and trying to take shots and whatnot, but still no timetable for his return. What's up with Carey Price? I don't know. Maybe he's out. I feel like they just don't want people to stop coming or yeah. stop, like, <laughs> believing in the Canadians. Because I know that a lot of that hinges on the health um, and the talents of Carey Price. So maybe there's clean to the hope that maybe he will get yeah. better and maybe he won't be out the entire season. And they want everyone else to think the same it's thing. It's kind of fascinating because I feel like for the last couple of seasons with them going to the playoffs and making pretty deep runs um, – particularly, obviously, the, the the one when they got to the Eastern Conference Final. Like, the thing about the Canadians is that I feel like a lot of spectators do know that that team sort of lives and dies by how well Carey Price performs. But because they've done enough winning to get to the playoffs, it's been very easy for the franchise to act like it's all about the team effort. <laughs> and now, without Carey Price in and the Canadians losing a lot more, it's like, oh, shit. Now, I guess you can't say anything without admitting that, like, yeah, guys, without him, the season's done. So... And that, yeah, you can't show your cards anymore, because you're like, ah, oh, a lot of, lot of this was hinging on him. Yeah. Really was. <laughs> so they put them in an awkward situation. Um, but a couple of outlets, including the Montreal Gazette, have also pointed out that the Canadians have been pretty secretive about different things all season long. Um, so I find them as an organization pretty fascinating right now and want to know about all of their choices and why. I also love that it's the Canadians, so I just imagine everyone saying this in a sort of, like, French or Quebec accent. Right. It just makes it sound, like, as they're trying to do these, like, secret cover-ups and, you know, uh, trying to figure out, like, PR issues and things like that, just them being vaguely menacing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> in, like, a, in an accent. So, yeah, lots of secretive stuff going there. So some drama in Montreal, which I find... Pretty fascinating. Love me some gossipy drama. <laughs> um, to keep the gossip train rolling, Steven Stamkos, still not signed by Tampa Bay. But for some reason, Steve Eiserman felt the need to release a statement the other day saying that Stamkos would not be traded before the deadline. Which seems obvious. Why? Like, he's your star player. You're a team that made it to the Stanley Cup final last season. Presumably you have a shot to make another deep run this season. Or you would hope so. Why would you trade your star player? But then Elliot Friedman said, I think on the radio today, he said um, that the Tampa Bay Lightning tried to trade Stamkos last year and he found out about it. So you think this is like damage control for Iserman? Like, hold on. Don't freak out. Please still sign with yeah, us. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So that, you know, I assume Stamkos has like a no trade clause, yeah? I think so. Yeah, so maybe just being like, oh, yeah, we're not going to trade you before the deadline. Like, you're totally fine. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll talk later. Yeah. Like, please still be open to the things we might have to offer you. Yeah, he yeah he says they're still trying to figure out if they can work on a deal. Do you think Steven Stamkos is going to stay in Tampa Bay? I do not. Me either. <laughs> that was like the easiest question. I do not think he's going to stay there at all. Uh, and I I like watching the Tampa Bay Lightning, so I would love for him to stay in Tampa Bay, but it, I, it just doesn't feel like he's going to at this point. I mean, you know, never say never, of course, but it all signs point to no <laughs> so far. Yep. 
where do you think he will end up? Will the Toronto Maple Leafs fans find happiness um, in the form of Steven Stamkos, or will they be brutally disappointed in yet a new way? I would kind of love it if Stamkos went to the Maple Leafs. Interesting. Really? Not just for hilarity's sake, not for any, like, actual, like, will this help them? That's fair. In any way? Um, I mean, that'd be interesting for him. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another team that he would be better suited to. Um, may I offer? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a serious suggestion. Someone's pulling out <laughs> some sort of, I don't know, manifesto of some sort <laughs> no, uh, it's, as to where Steven Stamkos should go. It's just personally what I want to see. I would love for Steven Stamkos to sign with the Sabres. <laughs> Because I think they have a lot of really good pieces, and adding another person like Stamkos, who can play obviously both center or wing, um, would be a boon for them. And they're a team who could afford it. And Do you just want Eichel to have a friend? Also, but not just him. Like, Ryan O'Reilly is on that team, and he's really good. That's true. Um, yeah. Sam Reinhart, really good. Like, I think there are some players on that team who are awesome, and I feel like the Sabres are actually trying to to build something that's good. Like, they went from, like, hardcore tanking to, like, all right, let's start getting pieces. I think it would be amazing if they managed to somehow land um, Steven Stamkos. And I think uh, some one of the analysts also mentioned this, and I can't remember which one right now, <laughs> but they were just suggesting that it might be fun. And I was like, thank you for validating my dream. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, that they're actually making a valiant effort to... I mean, yes, you're right. They they tanked before in attempting to get some good draft picks, but now that they have some good players, they've traded for some good things. Openly said, you work starting over. Yeah. Um, they're you know not doing great, but they're they're making strides and committing to it. Yeah. So that's that's pretty pretty. Nice. Yeah, like they still. I wouldn't hate it. They still need some some wingers, some better wingers on that team, and um. I think some changes on defense, but I, I really liked the fact that once they were like, all right, we're done with the tank, they did go out and get someone like Ryan O'Reilly. And like, had I known it was possible to get Ryan O'Reilly out of it, like, um, excuse me, um, LA Kings, could you please get in there and make it offer? Thank you. <laughs> Who knew? But the, the Sabres did it and they made it happen. And I really thought that was ambitious of them and really smart of them to get someone like him. Um, so I would like them to also somehow be smart and get Steven Stamkos if he has to leave. I would also be cool with him going to, like, I don't know, the Islanders, but I actually have no idea how feasible that is. <laughs> do you think that Stamkos would go to the Sabres? Like, do you think that he sees the potential there and would be like, yeah, I will be traded there? Um, I don't know. The, a lot of what people have said about him going to, like, the Leafs is that it's, you know, he wants to play for the hometown team be like the big guy there but it's like nobody sees the Leafs winning a Stanley Cup anytime soon so I think for me I mean obviously Buffalo is not hometown team for him but in terms of like if you're really trying to go somewhere where you can still again be a big dog um make an impact but probably have a better chance at winning a Stanley Cup I totally personally would pick, like, the Sabres or, like, the Islanders or something like that, where they're a little further along but could still very obviously use your help. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's me, though. I also don't really see why he would leave Tampa Bay, though, if that's the line of thinking I'm going for. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he stuck around in Tampa. 
just because mm-hmm. it obviously seems that he's not wanted, I guess. Um, or like that they want to ch- like they want to change something up. So at this point, it'd be like, yeah, maybe it is time to go. Yeah, yeah. If if it's true that they were trying to shop him last season, then I'd a I don't know what the hell they have going on there in Tampa Bay. What their strategy is, uh, but maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is better if he goes. It would suck. I feel bad for you know Tampa Bay fans right now. They're sort of like my second favorite team to watch, and I'd feel bad for all the people where it's like they have been invested in Steven Samkos for years and years, and then he's gone. Yeah, that is that. That's sad. All of these trades are always sad for like a lot of the yeah. fans. Brutal. But I hope wherever he signs is interesting and not a team that I hate and or don't care about watching. <laughs> <laughs> would you start watching a team just for him? Probably not. I would love to say yes, but I'm going to be honest, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I don't think so either. There are few players who I would start watching a team that I didn't at least already have some kind of interest in. Um, What else? What else? Oh, Dion Phaneuf. Speaking of the yes. Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> that happened. And it's another thing. That's what I was thinking of when it was like, oh, this is sudden. Yeah. Not that, you know, him being traded hadn't been talked about before, but... Oh, it's happening. And also, I found it funny that, uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows the details, so I don't know if we really need to get into that, but I love that Matt Friend's a part of the deal. Matt Friend is always a part of every deal. <laughs> Matt Friend, internal trade piece, somehow. He's always going to get traded to and from the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> I swear that now something else is going to happen and he's going to land back in Toronto. Well, he isn't... Okay, so that's the thing, is, like, he was technically traded to the Senators' um, system. Who even knows if they were going to put him on the roster? Probably not. But he was then loaned, like, basically back to the Toronto Marlies so he could stay on their AHL team. Like, so it's, like, not even a real trade. (laughs) So, yeah, like, what's the... What's the point of any of it, really? <laughs> um, but I guess they can have him come back if, when they ever need him. So Matt Fratton, who is forever yo-yoing back and forth from the Toronto Maple Leafs system. To be fair, I, I do not care about Dion Phaneuf. No, me either, really. Actually, I'm glad that he's been traded to the Senators because maybe that means he will not at any point now be traded to the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fingers crossed that that, that's, like, already, that's just done. Yeah, because after that trade happened, I did see a couple people, like, bring up again that the Kings had been in talks with the Toronto Maple Leafs about trying to make that work, but they couldn't um, come to terms on the amount of, like, salary retention. Yeah, there was no salary retention in any of this. Yeah, exactly. So, it didn't happen, and I'm, like, blessed (laughs) because... (laughs) What a mistake. Um, and the real reason that I really wanted to talk about the Dion Phaneuf thing is because, um, did you see the rap battle that mentioned him? No. What? Okay, this is a, a very minor, minor thing. It has almost nothing to do with Dion Phaneuf, except that there's one mention of him. <laughs> so there was a Vice article where it says, this is the, the title, A morning show hosted the world's most cringeworthy rap battle, and they don't want you to see it. Oh, no. So it aired in Canada, and they're like, it's a morning show. We're going to do a rap battle. At one point, they ask, what's a rap battle? And has someone explain it. Oh, no. Um, which they describe as, quote, Two people competitively attacking each other with poetry. Wow. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> accurate. I and guess. it is 
terrible. I get such like secondhand embarrassment from a lot of things, and this was off. I mean, it was kind of like so bad that it didn't even register anymore. It was oh, just like no. into like farce. Um, but yeah, it, it just made there's a Dion Phaneuf trade reference in there. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Let me see. What's the line is? I'm from the nation's capital. You you got a girl in T dot with Wolf, sure, uh, but I had her move from Toronto to Ottawa. Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> oh, There's no. a lot of other super Canadian references, and it is terrible, um, and wonderful. So I hope everyone's seen it. Okay. So this reminded me of a couple of things. Both. Of them have to do with Alex Ovechkin. Um, oh, shit. Wait, I just forgot the second thing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the lyric, but there was something else. Oh, I remember now. Okay. About Alex Ovechkin and hip-hop. First of all, speaking... My favorite thing is when I hear, speaking of uh, rap and hockey, like random hockey references and rap, I used to know a few different ones, but the one that I can only think of off the top of my head right now is J. Cole has this song called Can't Get Enough, and randomly in this song, unrelated to anything else going on in it, he has this lyric that goes, I'm just going to read the whole thing, Um, and sorry, because I hate, like, random dramatic readings of rap lyrics, wait a week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It goes, you're now rocking with the best man, dress game down to the sex game, uh, won't brag, but the boy, been blessed, man, let you play with the stick, Ovechkin. <laughs> um, so it's a play on his name uh, about Alex Ovechkin's dick <laughs> and also his <laughs> stick. <laughs> um, second, speaking of Alex Ovechkin and hip hop, so he had another hat trick recently, right? And uh-huh. Lil Wayne, who is Lil Tunchi on Twitter, Wheezy was like, had a shout out for Alex. For Alex Ovechkin, you know, he was just like, shout out, you know, getting another hat trick and whatnot. The boy's a beast on the ice. Lil Weezy. Big Alex Ovechkin fan. So <laughs> people in hip hop think about Alex Ovechkin frequently, it seems like. Why? <laughs> I don't know. And it's like the one hockey player they know is Alex Ovechkin, which I find kind of amazing, but also super Is random. Crosby too hard to rhyme with? Possibly? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, why... I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of, like, Gretzky references. Like, that's... Not a bunch. Okay, like, let me tell you. There has to be some. I'm sure there are, like, one or two or a few Gretzky references. Or, like, the Great One references. I'm sure I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, why why Ovechkin? Yeah, like with Gretzky, I bet you if you go back to like the late 80s, 90s, you probably could find a, a couple. Um, I can't think of any now, but for this generation, it makes sense that they would find another player of their generation, but I find it interesting that it's Ovechkin. So, I would yeah. love to find an a, like a super obscure one and be like, you're a hockey fan and I didn't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Spotted it. But I remember the first time I heard that song and I was like, Hold on. Especially because he kind of has to, like, play with the pronunciation of his name in order to get it to rhyme with everything else he was saying. I was like, wait a second, though. <laughs> I think this is a hockey reference in a J. Cole song. Um, and also, J. Cole is from New York, so how does how is he an Alex Ovechkin fan? Anyway, anyway, now that we've talked about rap and um, hockey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Once again, standard. <laughs> yeah. Standard conversation. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I think that's pretty much all that we have now that we've filled up an hour of stuff. Was there anything else you thought about the Kings or other teams? No, I think I'm pretty good. I am glad the Kings are coming home. Me too. Eventually. Two more games on the uh, road. And, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they can continue winning just because the, the Ducks are right behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do not want our predictions to be correct. Me either. Uh, so let's go Kings. Yes. That's how I feel as well. Just win these two games on the road. Come back to Los Angeles. Please. Um, all right. So that's all that we have for this week. We're going to record one more next week, and then we're going to take another little break um, because Diane's going on a trip. Uh, but we will yeah, be back. Yeah, this is my that. fault. I'm a, I'm a world traveler, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to a place but not a lot of internet. <laughs> Jet setting, but it's fine. Don't be too jealous, everybody. Uh, yep. <laughs> Until then, you know where to find us. Uh, thanks, Bud, on Twitter. Um, thanks, Bud, on Facebook. Email us, chirp at thanksbud.com. Until next week, be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye, friends. Bye, everyone. <laughs>